Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Do we really have a free media? That's the myth which is often propagated. A courageous media speaking truth to power telling it as it is, no fear or favour. Now, in a sense, in a country like Britain, the government doesn't directly run media organisations which serve its partisan interests. Well, not North Korea. Not an ambitious place to start. I'll live with you. But in much of the media, in much of the West, the media does act as the playthings of a tiny elite of wealthy oligarchs who defend a status quo from which they directly profit, like the Rupert Murdoch's, the Michael Bloomberg's, the Silvio Berlusconi's, the Barclay Brothers. In the US alone, just eight media corporations own 788 TV stations. Now, owning a newspaper has long been a means of wielding political influence. And do you know what? One guy was pretty honest about this. Uh, he was a guy called Lord Breverbuck. Um, he was he ran the Daily Express newspaper and he told the Royal Commission on the Press in 1848, that he ran it purely for the purpose of making propaganda with no other object. I look at it as a purely propagandist project. That's the sort of honesty I commend it in public life. Now, in Britain, almost all newspapers have an overtly right-wing editorial line. So in the 2019 election, um, research by Loughborough University found the press hostility towards Labour was more than double that identified in the election two years earlier. And that itself was marked by a brutal and relentless newspaper campaign against the Labour Party. In fact, they found in the final week of the election campaign, there were net 133 negative newspaper items about Labour compared to just net 22 about the Conservatives. That shows that the British press, in large part, aren't there to inform the citizens of the country, which is what newspapers should be doing, letting people know the facts, making them aware of the world and society around them so they can make informed decisions in a democracy. In that sense, a newspaper is supposed to play a pivotal role in a democracy. Instead, they're unapologetic political actors. They have political ends which they use their newspapers, their monopoly over the means of information in order to achieve those ends. Now, owning a newspaper gives direct access to politicians. You have this closeness of power. So between 1988 and 2012, for example, Murdoch met with senior politicians at least 113 times. Even after the Murdoch Empire was embroiled in a phone hacking scandal, that direct action didn't stop. Between April 2015 and September 2016 alone, Murdoch executives met ministers or their advisers at least 22 times. And of course, under the Trump administration, Murdoch was calling the president at least once a week, showing again not media organisations standing up to the powerful, but becoming very much embedded in networks of power. Now, as the profitability of the media collapses advertising collapse and so on, owning a media outlet becomes even more just an act of having political influence rather than making money. When Amazon founder Jeff Bezos uh, bought the Washington Post for 250 million quid in 2013, it was for a fraction of what it was worth a decade earlier. And that was a small change for him. What it bought, though, was political influence, prestigious newspaper in the nation's capital. Or take Murdoch again, who's maintained the ownership of Britain's loss-making Times newspaper because it buys influence in elite circles. 
Now, because the mainstream media, with exceptions, is dependent on revenue from admittedly steeply declining advertising revenue, by definition, it ties it to a corporate agenda. And that can actually lead to censorship. So back in 2013, the, I would say, very courageous British conservative commentator Peter Oborn dramatically resigned from the Daily Telegraph newspaper because it failed to cover a scandal involving the HSBC B Bank. Why? Because it feared losing advertising revenue. Now, it's not just, you know, you can look at ownership and advertising and the impact that has, but also journalism is so unrepresentative of the world around it. And again, there are exceptions. There are still journalists who often are set off by being told how unrepresentative the profession is, but it is financially prohibitive in many countries. So, for example, you know, local newspapers decline. That's often a way of working class people getting a way in. Unpaid internships uh, mean that you have to work for free and often it's the friends and relatives of people who work in newspapers who get their people into those unpaid internships and um, that's how you get a foot in the door or you do exp expensive postgraduate qualifications in journalism in any case according to you know in britain one government study found that only doctors hailed from more privileged backgrounds than journalists in 2021 the number of people were of color working in journalism in britain remained static at eight percent compared to 12 percent of the wider uh, labor force and a report the following year that found that working class representation in the media had fallen to a record low. Um, 84% hailing from higher socioeconomic backgrounds, it was 16% from lower or middle. In the US in 2018, 70, over three quarters of newsroom employees were non-Hispanic whites compared to 65% across the wider workforce. Again, women as well, sorely lacking in journalistic and editorial roles. According to one study by women in journalism, just a quarter of British front page stories in one randomly selected time frame in 2017 were written by women. Why does that matter? Because the issues that matter to millions of people are then filtered through, often, the um, the, the the experiences of people from, from very privileged backgrounds. What matters to people on an everyday basis is often they're not registered or understood properly when you get basically group thing you get people from very similar backgrounds rubbing shoulders together then you often get as a consequence people with similar prejudices and experiences reinforcing each other now you get the sense you know prominent journalists have often this defiant independence nobody tells me what to write firstly you know generally speaking nobody has to because all too often they wouldn't have their positions if they deviated substantially from the editorial line they expect to fear for their job if they did but you know you know it's not that suffocating group thing it's not just the domestic sphere much of the media often echoes the priorities and strategic interests of whatever western foreign policy happens to be take an example it's estimated that all 175 of rupert murdoch's newspaper outlets backed the 2003 invasion of iraq um, what you've seen because of the rise of the internet is a collapse of advertising revenue um, and that's thrown uh, traditional media outlets into crisis but that underlying failings are only worsened as a consequence because the growing precariousness of work in the media and the weakening of trade unions which media owners have smashed unions often as best they can that means that journalists are increasingly more subordinate to their editors who are themselves generally appointed by rich moguls now the great media implosion means that the news agenda gets even more set on the terms of the corporate and wealthy interests than before. So because the number of journalists is in free fall in the US, uh, for example, newsroom employment fell by nearly a quarter between 2008 and 2017. Um, in Britain, 228 local newspapers closed between 2005 and 2018. And the number of regional journalists is estimated uh, to have halved. What you often get then is PR 
fills the vacuum. That's an industry which manipulates public perceptions and attitudes on behalf of its wealthy clients. That's exploded in size. So, you know, in Britain, the financial work of P- worth of PR jumped from 9.6 billion in 2013 to 14 billion three, just three years later. And the workforce jumped from 62,000 to 86,000. What does that mean? It means as you get fewer journalists and more people working in PR, often ex-journalists who know how to work the system, you get incre- ever more media outlets which simply regurgitate the interests of wealthy interests who've paid for PR to do that for them. Look, there were great journalists out there, great courageous journalists who've done amazing work. You can think of everything from the Windrush scandal to various scandals involving government to injustices that affect millions of people from workers uh, to those who often don't have a voice. But as a system, you can see as through ownership, through uh, who works in the media, uh, and also because of things like the rise of PR, the expense of journalism, what you can see there is as a system, how the media ends up operating on behalf of wealthy, privileged interests. And that is a menace to democracy because media should exist to inform and to educate and create a citizenry who can challenge the powerful and understand you know, the world around them, make judgments based on facts and evidence about how the world really is. In practice, the media operates as political actors with their own agenda, often serving those, of course, the agendas of those who own them. And until that changes, we will never be a proper democracy that is worthy of the name. Please like, subscribe, do support us on patreon.com for slash OJ84. I'll see you in a bit. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum.